This episode is brought to you by Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer. It's time to grab the bull by the horns. Yes, beer and bullshit, the podcast, episode 69. We did it. It only took three years to get to 69. And Chris isn't even here. We can't even make a bunch of 69 jokes. It's really unfortunate. Uh, It's me, your host, Ben Johnson. This is the podcast, beer and bullshit. Tonight, uh, we're going to let's talk blogs. People still read blogs. Uh, I recently blew the dust off my dust. <laughs> I blew the dust off my dust, and under that dust, I found my blog. Yeah, I had a beer blog, for those who don't know. It's called Ben's Beer Blog, and uh, for over a year, it has sat dormant. I did, in fact, pay for the WordPress subscription. I paid for my URL, which is bensbeerblog.com, uh, but I decided to dust it off to write about the end of the beer store's monopoly. Go read it now. Shameless plug. But it's got me thinking about beer blogging and if it even has a place in 2023. 2024 almost, for God's sake. But I don't think anyone reads beer blogs. And maybe I'm just willfully ignorant of the scene. But I feel like no one's even writing beer blogs anymore. Um the only person I know of that's still kind of keeping it going is Jordan St. John, who is uh, my editor at The Growler. And uh, I think he just wrote something for Good Beer Hunting about BIM, um, Godspeed Beer. Uh, but for the most part, it feels like b- talking about beer on the internet has become something that happens only on Instagram or podcasts. Um, shout out to Greg Clow. For those, anyone listening to this knows who Greg Clow is, but Greg Clow runs Canadian Beer News. And that site is shutting down. Uh, Greg ran a beer news website for 15 years. That's crazy. Have you? Do you even know anyone who's done anything consist- consistently for 15 years? Probably not. Even your parents probably checked out from time to time. There's no 15 years straight of parenting you. Uh, 17,000 articles for Greg Clow on Canadian Beer News. And anyone who's even dipped their toe in trying to write about beer follow the scene or be some kind of you know opinion talking head about craft beer has definitely used greg Clow's uh sleuthing and uh rigorous archiving so shout out to greg uh a sad loss for the industry honestly because i you know i still get my uh my google alerts he's still in there and i follow him on all the channels so kind of how i kept in touch a little bit with beer news totally understand why he wants to fucking give it up because uh, man trying to churn out constant content is exhausting as i just said i let my beer blog sit for a year without touching it but is anyone else writing about beer anymore i don't even know i'm gonna try again so my 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 idea for dusting it off to talk about the beer store was like i'm just gonna write something once a week this me saying it is me trying to hold myself accountable to it i'm gonna try to post something once a week it's gonna be beer adjacent at the very least i think my rule will be that i must mention the word beer in order for it to uh be allowed to be posted i had this idea a while ago and i wrote something about a burrito and like the first comment was a guy like this isn't about fucking beer and so then i just quit i'm like fuck this (laughs) that was november 2022 so i've done nothing but uh, i hereby pronounce that i will try to post to the blog regularly if only to flex that muscle in the back of my brain that has been dormant um 
I know Chris Schreier had a blog, Toronto Beer Blog. Um, there was a guy named A Year of Beer, but he retired a long time ago. And Robin LeBlanc, uh, a.k.a. The Thirsty Wench, uh, I just checked her site. She hasn't posted in like two years. Is anyone writing about beer with any frequency anymore? I know Stephen Beaumont has or had a website. I think I saw something in my inbox, like a newsletter. But anyway, I don't know. If, you, if you're writing about beer, let me know because I'll read it. I'll take a look. I'll share it. I'd love to have, you know, some good beer writers out there in the industry to read and trade ideas off of and start a feud with. I want to start a feud with a beer writer right now because that's good for clicks. If you're a beer writer, you think you're good, fuck you. I'm coming after you. Our feud starts tonight. The Beer Feud 2024. Anyway, uh, that's that. <laughs> I'm talking about beer blogs a bit uh, because my guest tonight, uh, I wouldn't say, well, sure, he got his start as a beer blogger. I, I wouldn't say it's a linear move from owning and operating and writing for a beer blog to owning a brewery, but that is what this gentleman did. You may know him from uh, The Bottomless Pint, which was a website with two other writers uh, that he worked with and uh, ran. And then he uh, worked his way through the beer industry to now find him at himself at the at the helm of owning a brewery in cottage country um his name is matthew renda uh and he and i chatted solo it is the holidays uh my intrepid co-host chris pellerin is at his cottage and indicated shortly before we recorded this interview that he was uh already incoherent i'm not one to throw anyone under the bus for being a day drunk dad but uh it was pretty early to be incoherent, I'm just going to say. Good for him. It's the holidays. You know, it's Jesus' birthday. If you're not getting too sloppy drunk to speak on a podcast, you're not doing it right. You're not doing JC proper. It's his B-Day. JC likes to party. Anyway, here is Matthew Renda. Okay, well, let's get into it. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I have not seen you in person in like a decade. And I think it maybe was just once. I don't know. We had a dinner at Beer Bistro, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And with that, with that was Premier Brands, I thought, right? Yep. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Like, I don't even get, like, I don't even get down to the city anymore. Like, I, I hardly. I'm not it. in the city anymore. So I know not... you're in London, but like, I don't even get into the city like maybe once or twice a year, if that. Yeah. Well, your your progression has been interesting. I mean, I feel like we'll get into it tonight, but like, I don't know that anyone's gone from like owning a website about beer to owning a brewery. <laughs> so we'll have to talk. About... To, I was talking to Kevin from Block Three about that, and he said the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty rare. It's a pretty rare uh, uh, evolution for sure. You're, you're very on brand. I see at least three things that say Bosch Kung in the back. Oh no, four maybe. Yeah, it's and... home office. TFC and Boshkong all day. Yeah, that's really <laughs> honestly. This is the office my wife my wife works out of. So this is really, my Toronto FC stuff. All the rest is hers. <laughs> nice, nice. So let's start from the beginning. I mean, I I first became aware of you uh, as the owner and co writer at uh, a bottomless pint website. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, probably twelve or so years ago. Yeah, that's right. And you had a five-year run or something like that? Yeah, about that. Yeah, it was about five years. And then I took a couple other jobs that kind of took me away from it. And then yeah. uh, 
Mike Burton took it over for a bit, but that's uh, right. And then I don't know what he did with it after that. <laughs> he ran it into the ground. That's all right. <laughs> it had its time. Yeah, but what? So where did your where did your craft beer like? Where did your craft beer love start? I'm assuming you are you know got the bug if you thought enough to launch a website and a blog and bring on some partners and start throwing out content. So where did it all start for you? Yeah, it was pretty chill. Like, you know, I don't, I don't have too many other hobbies. Um, wife took me to steam whistle for my birthday years and years and years ago. And uh, ever since then, it was that just slow progression of, okay, it tastes something a little different. You know, let's, let's do a little research on it. I'm a bit of a guy that likes to do research on, you know, anything I'm into. Yeah. So you start diving in, you read a book here, read a book there. Uh, and then you, you know, the progression of the wife's sick and tired of me talking about beer and go tell somebody else about it. So <laughs> uh, started a blog, which, you know, I don't come from the, the writing world at all. I've always kind of been a, you know, creative type guy, but uh, yeah, I started the blog and it kind of took off. That was kind of, you know, when you and, in you know, Jordan and all these other guys were kind of writing. I was kind of the new kid on the block and um, we got fairly decent pretty quick. Like we had Victoria part of it, uh, Beth, who used to work for Junction and then obviously Mike um, and just kind of grew from there. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, Victoria is still in uh, in beer too. She's gone from Muskoka and now recently is an indie. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, I guess there's a handful of people who made the jump from writing about beer to to actively working in it, so it's not that crazy. But I think ownership is is different. I know, I know you went there's an in between there because I remember for some reason talking to you about like apparel, like design, yeah, like <laughs> I ran a clothing factory for six and a half years. Right, right. Uh, I think I was looking for softball jerseys or yeah, something. And yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I ran a clothing factory for six and a half years. Traveled a ton around the U.S., which kind of sparked the bug even more. Um, and then during that time, like this was pre COVID, um, we try, I tried to open a brewery, you know, I started getting funding and had a business. Really? Partner. Yeah. It was kind of like a small, little small project. We tried to do it at Pickering, uh, cause obviously there's like nothing in Pickering whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but, oh, I guess now there's, um, yeah, be careful. The Pickering yeah, people are going to come for you. Yeah, I know the Pickering people are going to get pissed, <laughs> but, uh, there wasn't much there at that time. And then. Uh, we tried and tried and then, you know, me and my partner kind of had a couple falling outs and then the wife said either we buy a house or we start a brewery and ended up just buying the house. I think you made the right call given the timing because maybe yeah. that wouldn't. Yeah. Although I don't know if buying a brewery now is the right call. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, yeah, definitely a, uh, <laughs> not the right decision at the right time, but uh, definitely the, <laughs> happy with the decision. So That's funny. Okay, so then you ended up at Fenland Falls was that your yeah. first job in beer yeah first job like officially in beer um you know did the did the sales rep thing for a while um progressively moved up so they were when I did the sales rep they were contract brewery um two owners that just decided they wanted to open a brewery uh didn't come from the food business didn't come from hospitality so uh I jumped on board to help them with some Durham sales I had a lot of contacts that you know got me a quick start. Um, as they were building the brewery in Finland Falls, they were kind of looking for a, a GM. Um, came from management background through the apparel company. So 
figured, okay, well, I don't know much about GM in a brewery, but we're going to try right. it. It's a bit of a different vibe than, uh, you know, yeah, it's a big, basketball big shorts. Vibe. <laughs> yeah, big vibe from like a 250-person factory to a small brewery in a, you know, cottage town. Yeah. Uh, so I did that for a few years, you know. I was, I was liking it. It was kind of going in different directions. You know, they it was a pretty big venue. It was a pretty sweet building. Um, you know, big upper event space, lower patio, overlooked the locks, uh, had some personal connections to Fenland Falls. I had a cottage up there for a long time. Uh, you can actually see the cottage from the second floor. So it was always pretty cool to be up there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Worked there for two and a bit years. Nice. And then jump ship to like, how did you end up at Boshka? Yeah, so we moved, uh, We I was commuting from Oshawa to Fenland, so an hour and a half each way, uh, so super long. Yeah, that's a lot. Boring drives, you know, it snows, you're two and a half, three hour drive home, sleep in the brewery sometimes, like oh you just, God. yeah, you just, it, it took a toll, so uh, we, we had some family stuff that came up, some, you know, deaths in the family, so we decided to uh, pick up and move, and we just wanted to be closer to the brewery. The goal was always to kind of, be at the brewery long haul, maybe eventually buy in uh, and, and go from there. So we moved, uh, we looked all over Kortha Lakes uh, and we ended up in Minden, not the place we originally looked at, but we mm -hmm. we ended up here. Um, started going to Boschkung, which from my house to the brewery right now is like a 30 second drive. Nice. Uh, so super <laughs> close. So wife and I would go there on my days off. We'd sit at the bar and talk and the GM would talk my ear off. I'd talk his ear off. And he eventually just asked me, hey, do you, do you want to come work here and run run the tap rooms? Nice. So, you know, had to think about it. It was kind of a bit of a, a downgrade from a GM just to to run, you know, one big tap room in a retail space. But I thought it was the right decision at the time. Clearly it was. Yeah. Uh, so moved over in March of 2021. Nice. So how... How does your like you mentioned almost zero beer specific experience? Like yep. do you make this is a stupid yeah. question everyone asks me, but do you make beer? Like not everyone, I mean, I think that the, the two things don't necessarily go in hand in hand. Like if you're good at making beer, you shouldn't necessarily be running a brewery. And if you're running yeah. a brewery, you shouldn't necessarily be making beer. So I haven't heard homebrew, I haven't heard recipes. Yeah. It sounds it like you're a management guy. Different transition. Like I did right. home for a little bit. Yeah. It was not my forte. Like I, I just used to clean my partner brood. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my my side of it. Uh, right. I was on that more of the the business side. Like, you know, I read a lot of books, you know, a lot of leadership books. Uh obviously we did my BJCP and my Pernom, my sister. Like I kind of went that route. Yeah. Um, but it was always through the management uh and just the the social element of beer versus the the actual brewing of beer. Yeah. Which, you know, some people go one way and, you know, I decided to just kind of go that way and it's always worked in my favor. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not that interested in making beer, but I'm interested in virtually everything about else about it. Yeah. This is the part where, where I have to ask what you're drinking. Cause you pulled your beer on screen. Yeah. I just drinking a Pilsner. That's kind nice. of what just drinking a two putt Pilsner. Sweet. Was the glass on brand too? I'm gonna guess it was. Yeah, everything's on brand here. <laughs> everything's on brand. Well, well, I mean, you got you. I'm guessing you have some pretty nice apparel, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's 
that's uh, that's our bread and butter to be honest with you we sell a ton of it <laughs> nice okay so forgive my ignorance about minden but okay. like what's 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 the scene what's the vibe but what like yeah. are you what are you close to in terms of the brewing community nothing nothing yeah. so yeah. you're in. it's so in minden there's us uh one other restaurant and a chinese food place so it's pretty much small little town it's probably 5,000 residents in the winter, and then it balloons like most cottage towns in the summer. Um, Unless you hunt and fish and ski and snowboard and snowmobile, there's really not much to do. uh, Or drink beer, I guess. Yeah, or drink beer. Uh, (laughs) There is another brewery probably 25 minutes from us, like Halliburton Highlands Brewing. Yep. Uh, So they're they're about 25 or so minutes from us. Uh, But other than that, you're, you're an hour away from everything. So hour to hour to Bracebridge, hour to Gravenhurst, hour to Peterborough, Lindsay, Aurelia, every everything's literally an hour. So this is always this has come up before. I I maybe I'm gonna lead you to the answer I, I always say too, but you tried to start a brewery in GTA, yep. you know, fizzled, ended up in Minden. Was that a conscious decision to be like, hey, you know, this beer thing maybe in GTA isn't all it's cracked up to be or there's too much competition uh, or was it just circumstances that led you to live in cottage country and it just beer followed you do you know what i I mean i would say it's a bit of both like durham i grew up there i was there for 20 some odd years yeah um but durham started to take like when we were looking to do a brewery durham was picking up like you were getting little beasts open around that time um you know, the Brock Street was kind of doing their thing. Five Paddles was doing their thing. Town didn't exist yet. Uh, Man Antler was there. Um, but it was literally slowly picking up. And, you know, I still talk to some of those guys. Like, James Gorey's still a good buddy of mine. His cottage is five minutes from my house. So we hang out all the time. And, you know, I still talk to them. But Durham just started to pick up. And, you know, my life was taking me in a different direction. You know, family was starting to get real important. Yeah. Uh, so the conscious decision was to kind of drop the starting a brewery from scratch and, you know, working my way through the chains of, you know, business and eventually getting there, you know, yeah. as I say, that's 12 years ago, but, uh, you know, it, it was a long, long process to get where I took. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we're making light of the fact that you went from like blogger to owner, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost, I mean, it's not even fair to like it, but it is part of your like craft beer evolution. It's like, you're like, yeah, fuck. I ran a website 12 years ago, dude, get over it. But, <laughs> no, but I, honestly, when I run into people, that's the first thing they say to me. Right. It's, it's always that same thing, man. You took it from a website and then now you own a brewery. Um, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's weird. Like, I mean, it's like, it's, but people, this is how people of our age, I'm guessing we're similar age. It's kind of how you find an outlet. You've got this thing you're passionate about and you got to do something with it. And we're, digital like i'm guessing you're like an older millennial like me you grew up in this age where we had a blog you know i used to have like a blog spot and all this old like hdmo coded like that's what you did you were when you're into something it's like i started writing about beer because that's what i was into and then like i think about troy birch who was even ahead of me and he he turned his passion into a sales job and then marketing so it's not that weird it makes sense but it is to to make a linear line from one to the next isn't necessarily accurate i will say we haven't really touched on how you ended up an owner because you went from being a GM. Was that just, I mean, going to guess somebody was like, Hey, 
I gotta fucking sell this place, and you're like, yeah. Hey. So it's, it's like, <laughs> it, it was like it said, it happened so quick. Like, like I said, I've only been at Boston since 2021, like March okay. 2021. So you know, we're not even three years now. Um, Kamon is that retail tap room sales manager. Um, eventually, you know, I said to them, I'm like, hey, if there's ever a way. It was owned by four guys. One used to be a big wig at you know Mill Street and owned Fab Concepts, which you might you might have heard yeah, of. Like, yeah, yeah. So he was the original owner of Fab Concepts. Okay. Two of them own a restaurant downtown, and one was a brewer at Molson for 25 years. Mm. So they're guys that have hospitality and beer backgrounds, older guys that weren't day to day owners, like they were kind of uh, just kind of sat in the background. Um, the GM, you know, he didn't come from beer either. He came from Uber Eats. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I helped him out a lot, you know, and he kind of gave me more and more opportunities. So the opportunity came in to buy in a bit as like a little junior partner, um, which, you know, I decided to do, I figured that was the first step into getting into ownership. Um, the GM eventually left, uh, last summer. He, uh, so we're talking summer, 2022, he left the MBA and I took over his position uh come near the end of the year the the guys were hey we got grandkids we don't have time to kind of own a brewery anymore so uh what are your thoughts of taking it over and at that point i was like ah like i don't i don't know if i want to take this thing over (laughs) i don't have a partner i don't come from you know a deep deep pockets i mean you know i'm just a 36 year old guy that's kind of worked his way through the beer world um so i said let me you know talk to my wife you know, I have a guy in mind that I, I don't, I would partner up with. Um, so, you know, we made a couple of decisions and the conversation started back in, I would say December of last year. So just about a year ago. Wow. So the partner I brought in, he's from the food world. Um, we used to use him in our food truck. So we used to lease out our food truck to him on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, I, and the brewery's always missing the food element. Like we have a huge patio, 150 seats, but we leased out the food side of it. So we gave away just tens of thousands, if not hundred thousand dollars of money just to other vendors. So um, we wanted a food element. I didn't want to run the food side of the business because it's just not my strong suit. Right. So I, brought, I brought a partner in. Um, he was all for it. We, we got him, we helped get him a restaurant up in Halliburton Forest back in 20. 21 2022 time uh, so he was got already in the area um he is this mike ray am i jumping ahead or yeah is mike ray? yeah okay, it's mike okay. Ray. okay yeah he doesn't come from, from... he's nameless i'm like this is like a secret this is like no Martin no it's, just, yeah, it's, mike. <laughs> it's mike um and our like our initials are all the same too so it always gets messy when we write things so ah. we're both we're both mjrs and it's yeah staff hate <laughs> are you looking for a smooth lightly filtered lager with a balanced taste and crisp finish Grab the bull by the horns. Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer is available at select beer and LCBO stores now. Details at FarmersCreedBeer.com. So, okay, so 2021. Yep. uh, You're 36 years old. Kind of a terrifying time. Like, are you just shitting your pants all the time? Like, I mean, it's a scary time to own a brewery. Most of these calls turn into some version of like, fuck, we're barely keeping the lights on or we had to fire people or COVID is the worst or they're calling in our serve debts that you're choosing this time to jump in. So, yeah. so like, <laughs> good on you. But I'm guessing Bosch Kung's doing OK. You saw an opportunity here and you're like, let's do this. 
Yeah, I did see an opportunity. Like the the brewery will be ten years old next uh, next year. So in in uh, what are we? Canada Day is our birthday, so it'll be ten in Canada Day. Okay. Um, so it's it's not old, it's not new. It's kind of stood the test of time. Uh, you know, people know us in cottage country. People kind of know us elsewhere, but you know, we're mostly known up in cottage country. Yeah. Uh, I feel it, like I've seen your stuff around here. Would that be? Yeah. Yeah. You'll see our cream ale probably more than anything. Just like a bright yellow can. Yeah. Uh, 35, 118 on it. Uh, okay. That's that's the what most people know. Um, yeah. So we took the plunge. It was a long process. Like we were supposed to close the sale of the brewery of March of this year. And it took us all the way to October. Right. Uh, so it was a long, long sale process. And I tell you, I'm never doing that again. Um, <laughs> lawyers with a passion so um, <laughs> you need yeah, them sometimes though you need, you them, need them so we did finally get to where we are we closed on the sale on the 18th of October of this year um, the old owners were gracious to let us operate the business as we were owners the whole year so we had the whole year under about without our names fully being on everything and we made all the decisions yeah. uh, so did you pretty- just see that weird ima- uh, like reaction bubble that popped up it's no. only me. You did a like, thumbs up and like it made a thumbs up. Like no. I saw, <laughs> I've never seen that. Didn't see that. It's got some new shit happening. I don't know if you pressed a button. It was like a reaction. It's all the Toronto FC stuff behind. I don't know, know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, that was really they're, they're a terrible team, so they shouldn't be getting thumbs up. But um, <laughs> hey, you got to support them regardless. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we took we took control in October, and a lot has happened since then. We you know won a couple awards um in the in our local area won another brewing award we closed the local well, we're closing a location we yeah, I just saw that location. news so yeah. there's kind of like a whole bunch that's recently happened but uh it feels like it's getting like cleaner like it feels it like is. there was it felt because like, I get your press releases, you yeah. you keep spamming me. No, I'm just kidding. I get <laughs> but I like, like three in like twelve years. So <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Think. I'm just kidding. But uh, no, but but they've all been pretty recent. Like I mean, yeah. you had ownership announcement, partnership with Trust. Now you're yeah. cleaning it up. It just feels like you guys are owning one thing, one location. Like it's just, I don't know. It seems yeah, like we're consolidating operations. Streamline, right? Like it's yeah. you know, there's been two sets of owners before us. They each had a vision. So now it's our time for our vision. And it was, you know, we have the brewery in Minden. Uh, there was a retail location at 35118, the original brewery location. Mm. Um, and then there, Mike owned, and now we both own the smokehouse up at Halliburton Forest. And it was time that we just kind of refocused our, our business. And um, closing the Carnarvon location was a tough decision. But, you know, we're not losing staff. We're not, we're not shrinking. We're just restructuring the business to make it make sense to us um truthfully the only person that ever worked in that location was my wife and she worked (laughs) so she can do her job from right where i'm sitting um so it it make it just made sense for us and um you know we're we're a small business with 23 employees in the dead of winter so it's it's it we needed to streamline yeah that makes sense do you staff up for the summer or are you 23 Yeah, throughout the summer, we usually balloon up to like 45, 50 employees. Okay. Between, you know, two full-time restaurants, and then we operate a marina as well. So we have a little marina location up on Kinesis Lake. Sweet. Which is like, you can boat to it. The marina has got like pickleball courts and a concert venue space, and we host a lot of like 
cover bands and like i think this year we got the eagles cover band bon jovi a whole bunch of different concerts that are coming up that way okay uh, and then the the smokehouse is five minutes from there so that's Sweet. right out for us which is a cool space if you've never been up there like it's got the wolf sanctuaries there's like cabinscapes there's, there's a wolf sanctuary oh yeah you can like watch them feed the wolves and Wicked. they just, like howl at the wolf nights <laughs> we host like dinners in the wolf sanctuary so you're like eating and the wolves are like right oh, along what could go wrong let's put yeah. people in food near wolves oh, yeah. it's pretty so, crazy <laughs> the wolves are pretty crazy so it sounds like it's kind of like a swanky i mean if you're if you're if people are boating out there you know there's some dough up there right like are we is, is it like you know swanky muskoka vibes kind of deal yeah, like this lake is probably one of the the richer lakes in the area okay okay like you got everybody like steve abrams has a cottage up there couple oh, Bell- yeah. Bell- that Harmon's money no, oh yeah <laughs> yeah we buy a lot of Harmon's. i can tell you that much oh yeah bell executives up there like it's a pretty ritzy area oh yeah uh, so you know it made sense for us to kind of put a little patio up there nice and how okay so talk to me about the food and beer i mean i i always love when it when a company goes all in and understanding how those things pair well Yep. Uh, what what kind of maybe this is a Mike Ray question we should have had him on too but like what what's the philosophy about your beer and food pairings yeah so Mike uh, started Trust Food Works during COVID um, he partnered up with me so you're both was... nuts is the idea yeah we're he both started crazy. a restaurant and you bought a brewery during yeah. COVID maybe it was his... discount maybe the prices were discounted maybe that I don't know he took his first Serb check and bought a brisket and a smoker and and started his <laughs> business. So, um, yeah, he partnered up with me when I was in Fenland Falls. He shot he shot a contact form through the website, came to my email. Uh, he just wanted to talk about beer and food pairing, and I answered him right away because obviously I love pairing beer and food. Uh, so he would show up every Sunday for about six months. Like, it was a long, like, he'd bring in brisket, I'd give him beer. He'd bring in baked beans, we'd do this. Um, so, yeah, we went all in. The food is all, all Southern barbecue style um up at the smokehouse is where all the smokers are we have four smokers up there um everything from like big pig roasters to big offset smokers um down in minden uh we converted our old bright tank into a smoker so it's this big oh, yeah. it's 10 hectoliter smoker nice uh, <laughs> it, it's a lot of brisket i can tell you that much <laughs> um so yeah we were we all southern barbecue that's kind of our our vibe um down in Minden we have a little makeshift kitchen we're doing you know brisket pizzas and and brisket sandwiches pulled pork sandwiches um and up at the restaurant we just did a menu launch today they just reopened with a new menu but it's all that traditional like the cornbreads and the baked beans and the brisket pulled pork chicken nice now how's how we kind of touched on this a bit because like I was kind of leading the witness of it but I always think it's like it seems like a much more logical thing to be the biggest and coolest thing in a community that doesn't have similar things, like as opposed to being yet another brewery and no offense, but that barbecue concept, there's probably a dozen in Toronto. I bet there's not oh, that many in Minden, oh yeah. right? No, there's uh right now we're the only barbecue joint in Minden. Right. So what's the community reaction? Like, are you guys pretty popular? Like, are you pretty busy most nights? Yeah. So in the winter's tough, like our tap room in Minden's like, 20 25 seats so uh we'd love to do more there but we just were kind of limited with space uh we did close in our patio put a wood burning stove out there it's kind of a really like cottage cabin vibe so it's all wood wood ceilings wood floors and like a nice big wood burning stove that kind of keeps it 
cuts the chill off in the winter. Uh, we'll see how it does in like minus 50 degrees, but <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, right now it's, it's doing its job. Uh, but we always call ourselves the little community hub. Like we're probably one of the busier restaurants in town. Uh, Mike at the forest is kind of isolated. Like he, from the brewery is 45 minutes. There's one road in one road out and you're right in the heart of Halliburton forest. So we heavily rely on snowmobiles up there. So once I was gonna say, you might, you might want to learn how to operate those smokers. Cause I think yeah. there's gonna be days Mike doesn't make it in. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he lives on property. So it's perfect. Uh, and he, he takes a snowmobile to work so he's fine oh nice <laughs> uh, and i could take my atv to work so we're all good up there but uh, yeah so it's you know between the two of us we're, we're 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 the one kind of business that does it all um which i i'm super proud of nice so if people hadn't heard of you or had they haven't heard of you uh i guess are you in a lot of lcbos and what should we people try if they're looking for you yeah, so we're in about 370 some odd LCBOs. Um, I think we have five, we have five SKUs in the LCBO right now. So our cream ale, our uh, North Country, so our Keller beer, our Pilsner's in the LCBO, uh, Kungaroo, which is the English IPA, and then Halliburton Forest, uh, which is an amber lager. Uh, that one there, we like partner with Forest Ontario. So for every can bought, like we'll plant a tree back in kind of our area. Like we try definitely to seen that one out there. Yeah. Yeah, that one we try to keep as local as possible with our tree plant, uh, planting. Uh, so we're about, like I said, 375 stores, uh, a bunch of grocery, about 36 beer stores. Uh, we don't run draft really outside of our area too much. Mm. We go down to Oshawa as they're furthest down, up to Gravenhurst and Bracebridge, and then over to Peterborough and over to Aurelia. And that's kind of that's kind of it for our, our sales channel uh, draft-wise. Uh, so who's making your beer? We didn't even talk about that. Like you, yeah, you... <laughs> man, we we don't really have a brewery right now. It's kind of tough. Like I'm doing some of it myself, which is always a bit of an experiment. And then uh, we lost our brewer back at the start of the year, and you know summer kind of hit us, and you know we rode out myself and a couple of people helping me out. Yeah. Uh, so I have a I have a guy. He used to be the head brewer at Canvas. So his name's Jeff. I don't know if you've ever met him. No. Uh, but he comes down and helps me brew when I need some one-offs that I can't do myself and yeah. Uh, yeah I'll package them I'll ferment them like I'll do all the rest but he has just helped me brew nice. so we're trying so to you're keep hiring is this a hire <laughs> are you putting it out in the world yeah if the right person comes around we'll look to hire but uh <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be super picky because this is gonna be probably the biggest hire I'm gonna do so right. uh, it's an yeah. important one <laughs> but we still we contract brew a bit like Lake of Bays does some brewing for us oh yeah uh, especially with our, our big LCBO SKUs. Uh, we're just a small 10 hex system, so we can't keep up with LCBO, especially in the summer. Yeah. Okay, so you you said, I, I said, what should people try? And you listed a ton of beer. You got one choice. People come in the door this summer. They want to have one beer, one menu item. What's the go-to? That's like, this is the Bosch coming, Bosch coming uh, experience. Beer, you're going to want Kungaroo. Okay. So in the world of hazies, we just have a nice english multi-ipa love it and then for for food i'm gonna go brisket it's what we do the most of nice uh, last year over the summer we did about a thousand pounds of brisket a week so that's crazy i'm gonna keep us in brisket and, and kangaroo <laughs> brisket and kangaroo <laughs> well um 
I don't know if you've listened to the show, but we yep. usually have my co-host Chris on the show, and uh, I'm gonna out him here, but he he was already uh, unintelligible earlier today. He's at the cottage. It's the holidays. He's like, can't do it. I can't put a sentence together. God bless him. But he usually does a little something called uh, Pell's Corner, yep. where we let him ask a few questions. Um, I'm gonna attempt it. I'm. I, I found. I found three. Are you ready for to do this? Do you want to do three yeah, weird questions? Quick. Okay. Okay, we're going to play his theme song. He was going to send me the new theme song, but he didn't get around to it. So we're going to play the old one. Okay, and so for this one, I'm revisiting a great book that I read. Actually, I can't believe this book came out 20 years ago. Chuck Klosterman's Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs from 2003. He has, I don't know if this is accurate, but he called it 23 questions I ask everybody I meet in order to decide if I can really love them. They're insane questions. I'm going to ask you just three of them. They're really like most of them are complicated. So I've tried to pick three short ones, but also there's one that has always, always stuck with me. So I'm going to lead with the weirdest one and you can think about your answer for a second, but here we go. I'll read it verbatim. Let us assume a fully grown, completely healthy Clydesdale horse has his hooves shackled to the ground while his head is held in place with thick rope. (laughs) He's conscious and standing upright, but he is completely immobile. Let us also assume that for some reason, every political prisoner on earth, as cited by Amnesty International, will be released from captivity if you can kick this horse to death in less than 20 minutes. (laughs) You are allowed to wear steel-toed boots. Would you attempt this? (laughs) Well, that that is brutal. This question, I read this book when it came out and it stuck with me for 20 years. I always think about this ridiculous question. That is brutal. That is um, one horse. I I played provincial soccer for my whole life, so I could do it. Okay, okay. But I don't think I would. I just can't kick a I can't kick an animal. That's just terrible. But every political prisoner on earth would be free. No, but I just I don't it sounds like you could make it quick for the horse. I could, I could. Like I said, I played soccer my whole life, so I, I <laughs> if I were to open my the office door here and my I'd look at my dog's face, he would probably tell me not to do it. Okay, you couldn't. You don't have the stomach to kick a horse to death. No, I couldn't do it. All right. Well, this is either going to make or break you with people. So maybe you've made some fans or lost some. I don't know. <laughs> is there much soccer in Minden? No, God, no. We played the World Cup um, at the brewery, and we were the only business probably in the whole area that did. So, uh, <laughs> no, there's there's absolutely no soccer in Minden. I think there was a pickup unisex league at one point. Uh, but, yeah, no no soccer. Lots of hockey, though. Which oh, yeah, is, I bet. a guy that does not like hockey. It's uh, <laughs> You better fake it, man. You better fake it. Oh, God, I can't do it. All right, next question. At long last, somebody invents the Dream VCR. This machine allows you to tape an entire evening's worth of your own dreams, which you could then watch at your leisure. However, the inventor of the Dream VCR will only allow to use this device if you agree to a strange caveat. When you watch your dreams, you must do so with your family and your closest friends in the same room. They get to watch your dreams with you. If you don't agree to this, you can't use the Dream VCR. Would you still do it? Yeah, they can watch them. <laughs> no issue. I'm an open. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't yeah. think like you can't be held accountable for what you're dreaming. Oh. It's not like there's anything to be embarrassed yeah. about. That, that I, one doesn't bother me at all. 
As someone who barely remembers his dreams, I would agree with you. I think I would pick this one too. Yeah, I think that's fine. Also, is that a color palette pillow on your couch there? Um, Kind of, yeah. It's just like a rain. <laughs> this is like the room where the furniture comes when it's done with every other room. So it <laughs> looks okay. But like, I think these are pillowcases in our living room back in the day and they've ended up on my office couch, which I may or may not nap on from time to time during the workday. <laughs> It's just a little too short, so I yeah. can't quite have a great nap. I'm, yeah. I'm pushing hard for a couch that's about six inches longer. <laughs> I'm a short guy. I can fit on any couch. <laughs> well, that's a benefit. I'm a long guy, and I don't fit on the many couches. Okay, we got, we'll got. we pick one more. Some of them are insane, so I'll skip over the more insane and find. Let's see. Um, okay. You've won a prize. The prize has two options, and you can choose choose either but not both the first option is a year in europe with a monthly stipend of two thousand dollars the second option is 10 minutes on the moon which option do you select a uh, year in europe you answer so quickly there's no even hesitation well, the moon holds no interest for you no i love space but i also love europe so you can't love space that much if you would give up the love, chance to be on well, the moon still a year in europe <laughs> I can do way more there than I can in space. There's only so many times I can just jump around and pretend like there's no gravity. Like, I can't. It's fine. You're in Europe. But, but there's like 10 people that have been on the moon. You'd be an uh, elite. <laughs> have they actually been to the moon, though? Oh, tell me you're not a moon no, landing. No, I'm definitely not. <laughs> this, <laughs> this podcast is about to take a turn if you're about to deny <laughs> the moon landing. <laughs> no, you're, you're in Europe. I agree. Honestly, $2,000 a month. Uh for a year in Europe, that would actually be my dream vacation. Like if I won the lottery, that's what I would do. It's just like yeah. I can do a lot. I can go to a lot of soccer games. I can drink some wine. I can yeah. visit family. There's just a lot I can do. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. All right, well, I won't bother you with more questions because they are crazier and longer and longer. And I would just be reading to you, but the, we're gonna I'm gonna close up Pell's corner. Thank you for participating. <laughs> So what is, is there any news we can expect from your neck of the woods? I mean, I think your last news was five days ago that you're closing a location. What's what's on the horizon for Boshkong? It feels like uh, we're you... just we're currently just want to focus like we're still kind of looking at some other opportunities. Um, the eventual goal is to to open another restaurant in Durham region. Oh, yeah. I we Mike's from Durham. I'm from Durham. Family and friends are in Durham um so eventually we'd like to get down there we're hoping if curtis bowmanville but uh another brewery's just in the process of doing that right now so oh yeah can't can't do that with them so i gotta figure out another place but uh yeah that's that's the next uh, next step um would it would it be bosch kung branded whatever you do next yeah i think so right like we we rebranded the trust food works the bosch kung smokehouse um it just it has a good name name it it's connected to the area. Uh, um, it, it's the original owners used to live on Boshkung Lake, which is like a, a sweet indigenous name. Um, so that's what I was gonna ask. What is Boshkung? Yeah, it's um. Oh man, I always mess it up. It means Metal. place where the beer is poison. You never bothered to look it up. No, I'm just kidding. Definitely not. That. <laughs> what is it? Place of grassy and arrows. Wife's like it's, on the other side of the door. There. Someone's just off camera, like making yeah. sure you don't say the wrong thing. Yeah, it's my, she gives me lines if I need a line. <laughs> Your comms manager is back there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Place <laughs> sorry, what does it mean? Place where the grass is green? 
Yeah, no, place of grassy narrows. Grassy narrows. Yeah. I like it. I, I didn't know. You, we didn't even talk about the narrows. Yeah, the narrows. Lots of narrows up here. <laughs> A lot of narrows. We're surrounded by lakes. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a pretty peaceful place. If Like, if you've never been, it's actually super beautiful. Um, like, I don't partake in a lot of the outdoor activities up here, but it is it is a really nice place to, like, relax and shut your mind off if you just want to get away for a weekend. That's the kind of place I picture I would, I, if I lived there, I would buy a sauna. I feel like that's a must-have. Just have a nice yeah, little sauna in the woods. First thing we bought was a hot tub. That was literally nice. the first thing we bought when we moved here. Um, sauna, sauna is a is something I do want, just not right, not right now. I don't have time. I was never a sauna guy. I I, I never understood the draw of like sitting around just sweating with a bunch of naked guys. I, I, but then my friend, my friend bought, built a sauna and got ridiculous about it and spent a ton of money building a cedar sauna. And I finally was convinced to go in it. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. It was so good. He, and he he did it right. Like, he's got an outdoor shower, too. So when you're done, oh, yeah. middle of winter, you have a little rinse off. It's it's just wicked. So now it's there's a, a wish list item. Mark- but There's a guy I know named Marcus. He used to, he's the owner of, like, Mombacho Cigars. And Oh, yeah. Is that the place? Uh, is, I feel like we've talked about this before. That's in, yeah, like, so he's York- good friends with, like, Greg Taylor. Like, he's good okay. with the also guys. Uh, but he's, like the biggest hot tub guy uh sauna guy i've ever met like i'm pretty sure he switched his whole instagram to saunas now there's competitive saunaing it's a whole thing it's a thing like the guy just saunas for a living i think (laughs) all right man well i'm gonna keep it short and sweet tonight because it's the holidays and uh i'm tired (laughs) yeah we got home not that long ago so good it's good time to just sit back and relax yeah, well, it's good chatting with you, man. It's good. It's good to see you. And and uh, if I'm in, if up to your neck of the woods, there's only one place I'm going for for a brisket and a beer. Yeah, for sure, Ben. All right, man. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks, man. Yeah. A longhorn. Longhorn lager? Do I look like a sarsaparilla man to you? One longhorn coming up. Longhorn lager by Farmer's Creed Beer. Grab the bull by the horns at select beer and LCBO stores.